Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's continue in this passage of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 23. Yesterday we referenced Revelation 19 as the, the coming of Christ, but each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits afterward at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Here's verse 24. Then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished is death, for God has put everything under his feet. Now when it says everything is put under him, it is obvious that he who puts everything under him is the exception, speaking about the relationship between the Father and the Son. When everything is subject to Christ, then the Son himself will also be subject to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be all in all. We've seen throughout the Gospels, see John chapter 16, John chapter 17, in which Christ is subjecting himself to the will of the Father, even under the cross. In Gethsemane, right before the cross, there's this moment, Jesus is sweating blood, Everything that's human about Jesus is dreading what's coming in the cross, but even still, he wants the will of the Father to be done. There's this part of him that wants the cup to pass from him, yet not my will be done, but yours, says the Son to the Father. But there's this day coming in which the Father puts everything subject to the Son. So where was Jesus hierarchically in the heavenly rankings while he was on the earth? What does that indicate about the ascension of Jesus in Acts chapter 1 when he ascends up into heaven and he's at the right hand of God? Here's Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I've become your father. Here he's quoting Psalm chapter two, verse seven. God never said that to any of the angels. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. Here, the author of Hebrews quotes 2 Samuel 7, 14, or 1 Chronicles 17, verse 13, verse 6. And again, when he brings his firstborn into the world, he says, and let all God's angels worship him. Here he's quoting Deuteronomy 32, verse 43. He's showing how much higher Christ is ranked than all of the angels. And about the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants a fiery flame. But to the sun, your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. You have loved righteousness. You have hated lawlessness. This is why God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your companions. And in the beginning, Lord, you established the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like clothing. You will roll them up like a cloak and they will be changed like clothing. But you are the same and your years will never end. This is quoting Psalm 102, verses 25 through 27. Now to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? That is again, that is quoting Psalm 110, verse one. And you also, it sounds familiar, right? It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? For this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. For if the message spoken through the angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This salvation had its beginning when it was spoken by the Lord and it was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So Christ is subjected a little, uh, to a, a, a demotion while upon the earth. This is what Philippians described, how he emptied himself to death, death on a cross, Hebrews says that he, he's ranked slightly lower than the angels. That he's right, he's in the muck with us. But there's this day coming when he is over everything. Everything is placed under his feet. You can see how Joseph is sort of this foreshadowing of the Christ figure in which he is ranked over everybody. I mean, he's, he's go, he goes through this terrible demotion. He's forsaken by his brothers. Sound familiar? Okay. Like he is, uh, he is forsaken and then he's promoted and he's placed second in command. He's given the signet ring of the one in charge. That sound familiar as well. He's, he's put in charge with everything under his feet, but the only person who's not over him is the one who put everything under his feet. That's God. You see the parallels with Joseph here? For God has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says everything is put under him, it is obvious that he who puts everything under him is the exception. Meaning God the Father puts everything under the feet of Jesus. And the only thing that's not under the feet of Jesus is the Father himself. Because in the end, he is all in all. When everything is subject to Christ, then the Son himself will also be subject to the one who subjected everything to him. So that God may be all in all. Do you remember how God introduced himself? To Moses, to the burning bush, I am that I am. He just is. He is all in all. He is the end of the story. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the author. He is the redeemer. He is the creator. He is the judge. He is all in all. Beautiful song by Hillsong out right now that comes, that says everything ends in you. He is all in all. That's how the story ends, in the ultimate glorification of God. Christ condescended and came and lived among us. He emptied himself and walked among us. He subjected himself. He's lower than the angels. And yet, in the end, it's all placed under his feet. And then even in the end of the end, it's all to the glory of God the Father, who subjected everything beneath Jesus' feet. There's not a wound in this lifetime that does not find its absolute healing in heaven above. There's not a single act of injustice that doesn't find its absolute reckoning in the end of days, wherein everything is placed, subjected to the feet of Christ, puts everything under God. So that God is the absolute all in all. We can endure absolutely anything in this lifetime because such a prophesied absolution is coming. Tomorrow, we're going to continue in the text. We're going to move on to verse 29. And we're going to talk about this common practice throughout Corinth about baptizing people for the dead. But for now, I want to pray for you that you find absolute hope in this absolution. God, we may be overwhelmed at times, the things of this life, but we know that one day everything's going to be placed under your feet. We know that one day you're coming back again, Jesus. We know that 
God, you are all in all, that you created everything, that you end everything, that you are the, you are the sustainer, you are the redeemer, you are the judge, you are the victor, you are all things, God. Everything's going to end up under the feet of Jesus and God the Father, you are the one who places it there. So God, we know that anything we endure in the meantime is going to be, is going to be rectified when you are placed in charge and everything is under the feet of Jesus and God the Father is all in all. We know that that day is coming so we can do anything in the meantime. Would you give us the endurance to persevere until that day because we have faith that it is coming. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.